The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you ever wanted to have an eat, pray, love experience? If you're familiar with the Elizabeth Gilbert novel, you know it's her story of self-discovery that takes her to Italy, India, and Bali in search of love, great pasta, and the meaning of life. I was a big fan of the book and even the movie with Julia Roberts, which got some mixed reviews. I love the idea of following your heart and overcoming your fears to live the life of your dreams. My guest today, Sonia Moore, shares her own story of self-discovery, adventure, and love that takes her around the world. Her memoir, Some Kind of Magic, a true story of love, life, and wanderlust, takes us from the foothills of the Himalayas to the mountains of Myanmar, while exploring themes of synchronicity, the roots of happiness, and the search for love. Take a minute and be present with me for this conversation. Welcome to the show today. I want to start out with a short story. And just a little warning, there is a little profanity in this story, but it's kind of necessary in the context. So hopefully it won't turn any listeners off. It won't turn people off. Anyone who knows me or is a friend knows that I have a potty mouth, so they won't be shocked, but any other listeners might be. So I just want to give you that preface there before I go into this. So it'll all make sense. So back in my early 20s, I was working as a waitress in Fort Lauderdale at a place called the Café de Paris. And this was on a street called Las Alas Boulevard that was very popular with tourists. So this restaurant was always busy, in the weeds, as they say. If you've ever slung your share of hash, you know what that means. So on this one Saturday night, we were overbooked and slammed with customers. Food is flying out of the kitchen. We're desperately trying to keep things together. And in the restaurant, the way it worked, we worked in teams of three. And on that particular night, I was working with this shy, quiet guy named Lenny. And he had really curly hair, glasses, Never really had much to say, kind of a nebbish, I guess, as my mother would describe him, if you know what that word means. So he was what was called the back waiter, and his job was to bring the food out on trays and drop it at the tables. Well, I guess that night Lenny hit the wall, and after being screamed at in the kitchen by the head chef for not picking up food fast enough, he had his limit. And in the middle of the dining room on a busy Saturday night, he dropped the tray down on the tray stand and screamed in a loud voice I had never heard before. He yelled at the top of his lungs, get ready, fuck it, fuck it, fuck this shit. And he ran out through the kitchen into the parking lot, into the night, never to be seen again. 
The dining room went silent for a minute, and then the noise started up again. People picked up their forks, and they were trying to be served, and the waiter started serving again. But I stood there in shock and awe for a minute, in awe of Lenny, because he did and said exactly what I was thinking. And he was my hero in that moment. And I've always wondered whatever happened to him. And he's probably a CEO or something (laughs) extraordinary. But in that moment, he was the king and he knew exactly what he wanted to do and he did it. So good on you, Lenny. I don't know if you ever hear this podcast, which would be unbelievably amazing (laughs) since this was 30 years ago, but I've never forgotten that night. So you're wondering, well, what does this mean? This leads to my guest today who did a similar thing and that she followed her heart. And Sonia Moore left a lucrative corporate career to follow her heart to the life and love of her dreams. And she shares this incredible story, this globe-trotting story in her book, Some Kind of Magic, a true story of love, life, and wanderlust. And Sonia joins me from Papua New Guinea today, which is very cool. So welcome, Sonia, and thank you for listening to my my little story in the beginning. (laughs) Thank you, Diane. I'm so happy to get to talk to you. And I think I know that restaurant. Is that the same French restaurant that's still on Las Olas? You know, I don't think it's still open and it closed not too long ago, but the owner was a guy named Louis and it had been there for years. So I'm sure if you're from that area, you remember it, Le Café de Paris. It's right on Las Olas Boulevard. Um, Because I've forgotten the name, but there is a French restaurant on Las Olas that I went to. I've been a few times, but I most recently went a couple years ago, the last time I was in Florida, and I loved that place. So (laughs) I love Europa. It might still be there. Maybe Louis sold it. And he had another French restaurant called the French Quarter, which was a block away from the Café de Paris. But this this particular fabulous night happened at that place, the Café de Paris. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I I love it. And I do hope that by some miracle, Lenny hears this podcast. <laughs> Maybe there'll be some synchronicity and he'll somehow, he'll be drawn to listen to it because 30 years later, I was in my early 20s then, and I've never forgotten that guy because I was just so in awe. Because at that time, I would never say boo to anybody. You know, <laughs> I just kept my mouth shut. But he did exactly what I wanted to do and just took off, you know, in, into, into the ethers. And I, I hope everything worked out for him. But I, I, I always too. was just so in shock and awe of him doing that. But you did kind of a similar thing. And I, and I want to lead into that because you did it with a laptop and kind of, you know, <laughs> had a moment like that. But you're now a writer, a yoga teacher, a certified personal trainer, which is a far cry from senior VP of international sales for a big uh, cosmetic company making some good bucks. But, but I was, I wanted to share that with you because I think you could relate to the Lenny moment and just wanting (laughs) to chuck it all, you know? Mm, And how did that moment happen for you? Like, how did you have your Lenny moment where you were, you just said what I think so many people can relate to. Um, you know, the short version is in the book, of course, that you've read, but I can give you the longer version <laughs> of um, and set the scene of what led up to that. So I had been secretly wanting to just leave my job and go travel for probably five or 10 years. But it was something that 
I had always thought was outside the realm of possibility for me because I I just thought if I did that, well, I won't have a salary and then I'll end up homeless and starving and, (laughs) you know, I don't want that to happen. So I don't think I ever really seriously considered doing it. But what led to that moment was actually it all started with this um, spontaneous dinner that a friend of mine and I went to, my friend Melissa and I in Delray Beach, Florida. We went out for some Peruvian food one night. And during our dinner, we were talking about how she wanted to go to South Africa and I wanted to go to Zanzibar. And so we decided, okay, why don't we, why don't we go? We'll go to both. So we spontaneously planned this trip and we take a, I think it was two weeks uh, trip to both of those places. And it was amazing. It was just so fantastic. And I felt so happy and so fully alive And we just saw these incredible places and ate amazing food. And we stayed in a few different Airbnbs and hotels, and they were just wonderful, you know, and I just felt great the whole time. So at the end of this trip, I uh, end up scheduling a meeting with this potential distributor in in, uh, Johannesburg. And he was a guy who had sounded really good on the phone, but he turned out to be one of these good talkers, you know, who know the right words to say, but once you see them in real life, you realize, no, you don't don't know the players. This is a waste of my time. So to cut this long story short, it ended up to be a really frustrating day, right? And after being out with this guy all day long, I'm exhausted as well because I didn't sleep the night before. And um, due to this weird thing, by the way, that like the the lights in the hotel wouldn't turn off or something, there was like, looking back, it was like a perfect storm. Right. So I finally make it to my hotel room at the end of this frustrating day. And I open my laptop and I check my emails and I have 500 unread emails. And this is this is even after me checking my emails every day on vacation. And the first three that I read were just absolutely ridiculous. Asinine is the word I chose to describe them. But um, they were all from upper management and it was just infuriating to read them. And that was just what caused this moment, like this Lenny moment, I guess we can right. call it, where moment I of just clarity. yelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just yelled at my laptop, I don't want to do this anymore. And when I heard myself say that, it was this light bulb that came on that made me realize, well, I, if I don't want to do this, no one is making me do this. I don't have to. And so I realized that, okay, I I don't need to stay in this job. And why am I staying in this job? And if I don't stay here, what do I want to do instead? And then I realized that what I wanted to do was kind of leave everything and and go travel. Although at that point, I, I really didn't know. Like, I just knew I wanted to avoid bullshit. That was my main <laughs> motivation, yeah. was just try to avoid bullshit for a year. And then I continued thinking about what else would I want to do. And I realized that, oh, I want to go back to Bali because um, I had been in Bali just for a short time for work and it was amazing. So, so yeah, that led to it all. Although unlike Lenny, I didn't just leave at that moment. Um, I had a lot of responsibilities. So I did take four months to plan everything together. But Right. You had to tie up loose ends. <laughs> but I think the feeling was there and I think we can all 
relate to that. I mean, I know I've felt that so many times, you know, oh, I just, I want to get out of here. I don't want to do this. And, and you're right. You know, a lot of times there isn't a gun to your head, you know, so <laughs> you, you do have a choice and, and you go through the book and you lay out, you know, choices that you made. But I think what's so great about what you share is, you know, ma- taking one step opens the door to something else, you know, and things will happen. And the, the, company I work with, Hay House, Louise Hay was a, a big believer of when you're on the right path, the door opens and the right people come to you. And she's so right about that in a lot of ways. And I've experienced that, you know, in, in starting a business and, and trying to do things that to me were really scary that I didn't think I could ever do. And, and she was right that when you start on the path that you're supposed to be doing, that the right things happen and the right people come to you the right situations, what what you need to learn. And you share a lot of that in the book. The book is so rich. I mean, we'd have to talk for hours, like to really go through everything. <laughs> so I want to kind of hit the high points because it is a, a true story. And you even say in the beginning, like, you know, the names, some names have been changed to protect the innocent, but like what happened happened and this really happened. So it, I just kind of dove into it. And I would say it's kind of like it's an eat, pray, love, like in a way on, on steroids, but you have such a, a rich um, sense of place. Like you really bring us to all these amazing, wonderful places that you travel and spend time to. So now I've got the wanderlust. I want to start looking <laughs> online and, you know, and start booking trips. But I, I wanted you to share, you know, especially for women, like I talked to a lot of um, my women friends and I have one friend, you know, she's not married, she's single. I go, why don't you just travel? You know, why don't you just meet people? And she's afraid to do that and afraid to travel alone. So what what would you say to people that are listening that would like to have their own eat, pray, love or, you know, wanderlust experience like you had, and especially for women to get over that fear? Yeah, well, that was part of the reason that I wanted to write the book was hopefully to dispel some of the unnecessary fear that's in the world about travel. And I'll preface that by saying that I traveled for work for about 15 years professionally all around the world, um, usually alone. So travel was very comfortable for me. Um, And I do, I understand why people are afraid if you've never traveled, um, especially (laughs) I remember one of the first times I went overseas was to do a study abroad program in Spain. And this was in 2001, I think it was, or 2002. Um, I was 21 or 22 years old. And I, you know, at that time, there wasn't as much internet all over, like you couldn't just go and Google Spain, Seville, see what it looked like. So I just didn't really have a a vision in my head. And for some reason, I had this idea that I will probably die (laughs) over there. I don't know why, (laughs) but that's just what I thought. So I I do get that fear of the unknown, but I want people to know that it's not scary because I think it's a sad thing if um, there's something that you want to do and you let this fear stop you that, you know, is actually unfounded. Um, so I've I've had a lot of people ask me while I was traveling and afterwards, like, oh, you were you were in India by yourself? Weren't you afraid? And I can honestly tell you that I was never afraid. Never. I mean, nothing, it was never scary. Actually, the only time I was afraid in India was driving on some of the roads because there are no guardrails and you're on this like crazy mountain. <laughs> yeah, so, that um, would be that would be a little scary. And I think that if you use 
common sense really anywhere. Like even here in in San Diego, I'm certainly you know generally not going to be walking around in the middle of the city at like three o'clock in the morning or something like that, right? I mean, yeah. you just you wouldn't put yourself into situations that would be harrowing or life threatening or something like that. You you try not to do that. Yes, exactly. And bad things can happen anywhere, right? Um, but like you said, if if you're smart and you know stay alert and pay attention to your intuition, yeah. And I think likely- it's funny how I've I've just noticed this where Europeans are just much more worldly and not afraid of things like that than Americans. It's like we don't travel. I know so many people that don't even have a passport and don't go out or use it. And I think that's sad because we're missing out on so much. And like some of so many of the rich experiences that you shared in the book, the the people that you met uh, is so beautiful. And I think if more of us did that, there would be less fear of the other and less, uh, you know, keep all these people out kind of rhetoric that, that we're hearing now, which I think is so, is so frightening and scary. Like for example, I live in San Diego, Mexico's right there. And there's a thing called cross border express that you just fly out of Tijuana and you get to Mexico and it's so cheap. It's like half the price. And the first time I did it, I was a little apprehensive and I thought, okay, I'm going to, it was so easy. I'm, I'm like wanting to tell everybody shot it from the rooftops. This is the easiest, safest thing to do. And I was telling some friends in Florida and their vision is you went across the border by yourself. And well, yeah, I was like walking through a mall, you know, <laughs> there's, there's nothing to be afraid of. Okay. It, it was totally safe. And I was by myself, but I thought it's so funny how people build up these fears and they're so unfounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I agree. And it's funny because, you know, now that I've been living outside of the U.S. for six years, I can tell you that people have an image of the U.S. that it's scary, too, which I kind of do, too, now with all, you know, the gun shootings that keep going on and stuff. But that's true. Yeah, it, there is a beautiful world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. so. It's scarier mm. here. So yeah. there's so many great themes in the book. And one thing that I really love about travel and not like, I'm, I'm definitely not a world traveler. I want to be. Um, but one thing I've noticed in travel and that you share in the book is intuition and synchronicities and what you would call travel angels, you know? So I'm leaning into a little bit of the woo woo stuff, which I love to talk about, but I've, I've experienced where like, you'll, you'll meet someone who'll help you. You'll, you'll be desperate and, and afraid of something and someone will show you where to go. And you had experienced things like that in your travels. And I just wanted you to share uh, maybe a, a story or two of, you know, some of the ways that you followed your intuition or a travel angel that kind of came along your path and saved the day. Ooh, well, I love talking about this kind of stuff. And I know that you have this amazing background of working with Hay House and Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer. So you're way more familiar with all these concepts than I am because these are all pretty new discoveries to me. Um, and I I just think they're fascinating and mysterious. But um, I can tell you that right before I left Florida, I ended up doing a tarot card reading with a woman who I had met. Um, and I'm not a person who gets readings very often. Like I had, you know, I didn't re- really even know what tarot cards were. But during the med- during the reading, she told me that 
she was talking about my future and she said, it's going to be like, you can't see the way forward, but it'll, you will be guided. It's going to feel like you're wearing a blindfold and you're being led by spirits. And I always remembered that because that's exactly what it felt like. Like there were so many times um, during the journey where I, you know, didn't know what was going to be happening in in three weeks or (laughs) even the next day sometimes. And then, yeah, the right person would appear um, at the right time. Um, And one story, well, I have, I mean, there's so many stories, like you said, but one of my favorite things was a time when I was in Kerala in South India. And I had been traveling for about three months at that point. And for some reason, I had just become really irritable and grouchy, (laughs) which was, which sounds horrible. I mean, I'm just like following my dreams and free as a bird and traveling around. And for some reason, I'm in a terrible mood. I'm like, this is awful. (laughs) I feel guilty. But so I realized I needed to do something. And Kerala is the birthplace of Ayurveda, which is India's 5,000 year old science of life. And I had been hearing a lot about Ayurvedic centers where you can do panchakarma. Um, panchakarma is like kind of like pressing the reset button um, of Ayurvedic treatment. So I'd been hearing about a couple of different centers, but for some reason they just weren't feeling right to me. And I was like, uh, no, I don't think I want to go there. And so since I didn't find one, I decided to just book a flight to the Maldives because it was an hour away and it's sinking. So I'm like, I need to go see this now before it sinks. (laughs) So I was going to be leaving the next day. And I thought to myself, oh, you know, I, I wish I would have seen this woman, Joanne, again before I left. And Joanne was this really cool American woman who was living in that part of India who I had met. And I would have just, I didn't have her contact number. So I thought, oh, that would have been great to get to see her. But then I uh, decided to go to lunch. So I go to this Tibetan restaurant for lunch. And of course, there's Joanne sitting at the table. So she invites me to sit down with her. So I sit down and we talk. And she ends up telling me this story, which now I don't remember how we got on the, sen- on the subject. But she tells me a story of how a few years prior, when she was living in California, she had come down with these crazy hives all over her body. And they didn't go away. Um, And it became really debilitating to the point that she had to stop working. And she had gone to so many different doctors and nobody could find out what was wrong. And eventually she saw one practitioner who recommended an Ayurvedic center in Kerala in the south of India. So at that point, she was so desperate to try anything that she said, "Okay, absolutely, I'll go there. So she went to the center. She was there for 40 days, and she said it was amazing. And by the time she left, she felt like she had been given a new body. The hives were gone, never to return. And as I'm listening to her, I just thought, oh, wow, this feel, that's where I need to go. And um, so I did end up going there. But one other cool thing is um, my signs are the repeating numbers the, you know, the 1111s right. and 111s and 444s. So I thought to myself as we were having that conversation, oh, I bet if I looked at the clock right now, it would be 111 or one of those repeating numbers. So I didn't look at the clock right then, 
But the next time that I saw the time was when I got back to my hotel room later and it was 2.22. So those are great synchronicities. (laughs) And I think if you open yourself up to those kind of things, you'll, you'll see them more, you know, it'll, it'll Mm -hmm. come more into your awareness. And just the fact that you were thinking that you wanted to reconnect with her and then, then she shows up at that, in that restaurant, you know, out of the blue. I mean, that's such a great connection as well. And you describe the incredible Ayurvedic treatments that you did, although one was kind of gross. I'll let people read it and they can find out like, really? They had to do that? Wow. I don't know if I'd want to do that. Um, I know. So you had these incredible experiences and just so far removed from your, your earlier life, you know, as, as international sales, which is so high pressure and, you know, dealing with clients and all of this. And then, you know, now you're moving into becoming a yoga teacher and, and working with people and just totally turning your life around. And it, it just shows that it can be done. I mean, it's not some dream that you can change your life. You can. And that, that, yeah, I mean, that was no, part of the big message that I got from the book. So it was really inspiring to me. Yeah, no, that absolutely is um, one of the main messages. And and it's um, not only do I believe this just because of my own experience, but also I've heard so many similar things from other people and, and read about this in other books. Just the idea that if you really follow your heart and not your heart like whimsically, you know, but if there's like this desire that's a really deep desire that you've had for a long time, like you know what it is. Um, but but you've been afraid to follow it. I, I really do believe that if you go in that direction, then life will support you because I think that's the it thing will. you're that's actually meant Louise to do. That's what Louise always said. <laughs> and, she, yeah. and she was right. I want to believe that. I think that a lot of people are just trapped by, well, fear is the biggest thing, but really over planning or worried of what's going to happen next and I, I'm as guilty of that as anybody. I'm not an enlightened being. Like I'm always worried about what's going to happen next. I'm not going to have the bill to pay this. And sometimes you have to just check yourself and and, and believe that you are supported. And, and that is what helps me, whatever you want to call that support of, of spirit, God, or, or source or whatever, that it, it's, it's going to be okay. I mean, I have to, I have to believe that myself. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. 
Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm the same, definitely very far from enlightened. And I'm a worrier by nature. So I I can't say that I never worry about anything. But I think it's also just part of human nature for that fear to just show up. And then you get to tell it like, okay, yeah, but I've felt this before and it worked out. And so I believe that there's something taking care of me. And what I think is really cool too, because I used to be such a planner. I was exactly what you described. Like I had to be able to see in my head, like how can this work out? Which is so funny because it never works out the way that you think it's going to. (laughs) Never. Um, But once I started traveling, I, I kind of just became the opposite and really planned almost nothing. And it's very beautiful to see the way that when you leave that space open, the way life will step in and guide you. That sounds like a dream to me. I mean, I would love to just be able to have that open space and then see what, what's going to develop. But I'm, I'm going to work on that. I think I can still bring some of those ideas into my life here into my and into my work instead of trying to stress and, and plan over everything. And, and I, I sympathize with you from, I, I come from a long line of warriors as well. It's like <laughs> genetic, you know, my yeah. mother was world-class, my grandmother was a warrior. So, you know, we, we pick that up, you know, it's kind of in our, in our DNA, but if you're aware mm-hmm. of it, I think you can, you can work on it. Yeah, and not, absolutely. And not stress on things so much. So, in all, in your years living abroad, I mean, you're still abroad now. You're you're in New Guinea. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, you started out on this journey in India. You went to Bali, uh, Cambodia, Thailand, um, where else? Myanmar, Laos. I mean, all these amazing places, and they all are so beautiful. In your book and on your website, you share some incredible pictures that are uh, just breathtaking. And I, I, I want to go there. So I know you can't say what was a favorite, but w- would you say Bali because it leads us into the love story that that was one of the favorites? Oh, Bali is definitely one of my favorites. But you're right. I have so many favorites. Um, Myanmar definitely. Myanmar definitely has a very special place in my heart and India as well. And the Philippines. Um, actually, so many. And Cambodia. <laughs> Basically, so All beautiful. So beautiful and the places that you share with us. So since a part of the book is love and there is a great love story in here and you talk about relationships um, and you, you met your, your love that your, your partner, husband you're with now in Bali. Um, But I want to talk about just some relationships in general. It's like the people that you meet when you're traveling, it's really amazing. Like you can have these incredible connections with people and, and come together, but it's not necessarily going to be forever. You may never see that person ever again, but they touch you and you, re- and you remember them. And I, I, and I think that's such a cool experience to have. It's such a cool experience. And I think it's absolutely most, one of the most beautiful things in life is just connection, connection with other human beings and, um, You know, I used to, I'm definitely a people pleaser. And so I used to have this thing where I would want to connect with every person I met and which you don't, you don't connect with every person you, you meet. Right. And I used to have this feeling that, oh, there must be something wrong with me that I can't connect with this person or whatever. And I've come to realize, you know, thank God we don't connect with everyone we meet because 
you, you kind of wouldn't have time, right? <laughs> um, right? And you can connect on some level, like a superficial level, but I'm talking about that connection where you just feel that click, where you and that other person are on the same wavelength. And it's actually more beautiful because it doesn't happen all the time. And, and then when it happens, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but that's just, yeah. And, and even if you don't connect with people, on that deep level, something that I experienced a lot um, in, especially in Myanmar, also in Cambodia, was that I didn't speak the same language as most of the people. This especially happened in Myanmar because I was living in this little town in the mountains where there were a total of about six expats and everybody else was Burmese, mostly who didn't speak English. So I couldn't communicate with them in words, but there was this sense of communication from the heart. Like you would just walk past them on the street and they would smile at you kindly and I would smile back and it, it just gave me so much happiness. Um, so I feel like you can have that connection, just re like recognizing one human to another. And right. I love That's that. so beautiful. Yeah. I do too. And I, I wish I could experience that that more. And maybe I'll get to if I get to do some more traveling, you know, in the future. But what I think is great is that you had such perspective on some of the relationships that I guess, how, do, how can you keep yourself from not getting hurt? Like someone, if you have feelings for them, and but you know that this isn't going to be a lifelong thing. There, there's a reason you met that person for that situation. And that's it. You know what I mean? Some people get really hurt over those things. Yeah, well, I don't think you can keep yourself from getting hurt. There's probably going to be some hurt in there. But I will say that I I went through so many breakups, both in the book and also before that. I just have a long history of breakups. <laughs> and by the end, I really felt to myself like, oh, you know, maybe I should become a breakup coach. Like, I really have learned to deal with these a lot better. Like, so there's still some hurt, but I would get over it really, really quickly and I mean, I, I think I actually think I could write a whole nother book about that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, but depending on the circumstances, because there can be so many scenarios, you know, sometimes there can be a relationship where you both have strong feelings for each other, but you know that it's either not healthy or for whatever reason, you're not going to be able to be together. And then there's a there's this scenario where maybe you are madly in love with this person and and they break up with you. Um, so in both of those, it's different. But without getting into specifics, like or I guess to focus on the the second one, um, you just remember that you still have yourself. Like you can lose that other person, but the most important person not to lose is yourself. And that's up to you. Like if you don't want to lose yourself, then you will not lose yourself. And um, that's a great point. You don't yeah, have a strong and, sense of self in, mm -hmm. in that situation. Yeah. And if you don't have a strong sense of self, then that's a great opportunity to, to go discover um, <laughs> what is yourself, you know, all these, right. what is there to, to discover and about grow. you? And, and a lot of the relationships, well, in, in the book, you know, and you, you share some of the relationships that you go through and really timing is, is an important thing, right? If, if the timing's yeah. not right, you know, you might have strong feelings, they might, things, you know, there can be these miscommunications 
and and you share some of that even with with your husband now, right? I mean, this was kind of on, then then <laughs> off, and then he would travel, and then your heart was breaking. Like, so I'm waiting, like, what's going to happen? You know. So that's really what keeps you through the book because you want to know what's going to happen, and I don't and I don't want to give away all of the good stuff. But it, it's really a, a wonderful love story, and and, and just shows the what I think is so interesting about connection, like we've all met people that we have felt that pull with, or that we knew somebody before. And another great author that I worked with, Dr. Brian Weiss, who wrote many lives, many masters and believed that there were soul families, you know, and that we would reincarnate and meet other people um, or or meet these people, you know, down the road in different lifetimes. And I, I think there's kind of something to that, you know, Oh, it's amazing. And I'm so excited that you bring up Brian Weiss because he, I read his book while I was in Myanmar and, and it was funny because I had, you know, being from Florida, cause he's from Florida too. I heard, I had heard a lot about his book when I was in the U S but I'm, I have this weird thing in me where I don't like to read the book that everyone else is reading. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't read it at the time. And then, um, I became curious during my journey about previous lives and stuff. So I ended up reading his book and I was absolutely fascinated and, and blown away. And then I read, um, I read a couple more of his books too, like uh, messages from the masters. And I can't remember what else, but where is I going with that? I lost my train of thought. Just the, the but, connection. And I'm, I'm throwing in the possibility that it might be a past life. So mm-hmm. maybe you had met, your husband in a past life or some of the other relationships that come, that come in your way, you know, come along through the door. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I like to think it's a possibility. I think so too. And even though I don't know for sure about, you know, anything, what goes on beyond this physical world, but I, I do, it does feel like there's probably some truth to that with the whole soul family thing. And yeah. Yeah. And that book, I mean, you can pick up Many Lives, Many Masters. It's a classic, even though it was mm-hmm. written, I think, in the 80s. It still holds up because I, I re- reread it again not too long ago because I was looking for something and then I just started reading it. But I, I think it's true. I like to think it's true that there's all these connections in this big, this big web and this big tapestry. And we are all connected. I think we, we hear that so often. But I, I do think it's true just as humans. You know, we are connected. Yes, absolutely. I think this whole life is about connection. And that's, I'm pretty fascinated by the whole topic of connection because the word yoga, I mean, obviously there's a lot of yoga running through my book and yoga is usually translated as union or like to, to unite or to yoke, which is also to connect, you know? And so yoga is really connection and it can be connection with yourself. It can be connection with something greater than you, or it can be connection with with other people. And right. I do think it's a beautiful. And thing you met your too. husband in a yoga class, so ladies, <laughs> you should be practicing. I'm a I'm a big fan of yoga, and I love to do yoga here in San Diego. We go to the beach and we do yoga on the beach, which is great. Oh. Um, and I think everybody should do even even a little bit if you only get some yoga and in your life. Consistency, just keep doing it. I think yoga is just something you can do for your whole life, no matter how old you get, even if it's just, you know, sitting in silence or 
a few minutes of meditation or, or something. I mean, I just think yoga is such a gift that you can take with you for your whole life. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Even though I try to avoid, you know, I never want to like tell people what they should do. Like, so I think if you don't want to do yoga, then don't do it. Yeah. Fine, but move in some other way. But it is really, it is an amazing thing, and on so many levels, just on a physical level, just the movement that it can give you of avoiding back pain. Just, yes, you know, and. It's the best um, thing just, for your you know, body. I, I agree. I'm, I'm a huge yeah. evangelist, but you're right. You can't force people. I, I tell my husband now, I'm like, Hey, do you want to go? But if he doesn't want to go, it's, he's not into it. I'm not going to force you to do it, but I think it, he would, he would benefit, especially people with a bad back. Are you, so yeah. are you still teaching now yoga? Yes. It's actually such a cool thing. Um, because, you know, we're living in Papua New Guinea, which for those of those people who don't know where Papua New Guinea is, which I didn't either. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, so I'm glad you're telling me. <laughs> oh, good. It's uh, it's right above Australia. Like if Australia had a floating hat, there would be Papua New Guinea. And it's actually half of a very large island. The other half is West Papua, which belongs to Indonesia. But Papua New Guinea is independent. So... Uh, yeah, so he had come here before me, and uh, I had been, we were living in France at the time, so I was kind of sitting in France in this apartment, and I was just daydreaming and thinking about my future, and I was like, oh, you know, in the future, I would really love to have a space in my home where I could teach yoga and make into a yoga shala, because I don't want to deal with owning a studio, but I really would like to have that space, and then it was literally one or two weeks later He's over here and he's apartment hunting and he sends me pictures of this one that's already fully furnished, but it happened to have this huge empty space. And he goes, he's like, are we missing some furniture here? And I said, oh, it's the yoga shala. <laughs> and then I asked him, you know, do you mind if I turn that into a yoga shala? He's like, no, that's fine. So yeah, so I'm teaching, teaching classes here. <laughs> that's great. So what would you say to people that are listening and and they're thinking, hmm, this is kind of giving me a little seed of an idea that I might want to make some change, that there's other things to see in the world. It's a big world. Let's see as much as we could see. I mean, what did you learn? I mean, I know there's so many lessons along this journey that you could really share with the listeners. Yes, absolutely. I mean, go for it, I would say. I would also say that I'm an advocate of being smart so I, I had savings. I had a bit of savings. So I was able to afford to do what I did, which I know not everyone is in that same boat. But if you don't have savings now, maybe just start, you know, start putting away a little at a time. And, and maybe also, maybe I'm overly cautious. Like maybe it would be fine to just throw everything to the wind, even if you have no savings and go for it. But I, I don't know. I'm just a, <laughs> a little more cautious than that. But absolutely. I mean, if it's just fear that's stopping you, don't let that stop you. It's And there's an amazing, beautiful world out there and it's waiting for you to discover it. It um, is. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to travel. Don't be afraid to meet people, these beautiful travel angels that are that are out there. And I, I, I think it's so exciting. If more people traveled and and had that open heart and just let things in, I think we'd be in a, a much better place than we are now, at least yeah, here I in think, the States. 
Yeah, definitely. I think travel is an amazing education and it really, when you travel, it changes the way you look at the world. But I also want to add that it's it's been really cool to me to receive feedback now um, that both from advanced reviewers that I've had because the, bu- the book just launched a couple weeks ago, but also from people who have bought it since it came out. But some people have told me that even though their life is so different than mine and, and they're not a big traveler and, you know, they never quit their job and whatever left the U.S. or anything, but they related still to so much that was in the book. Um, and I think that it's not necessary even to travel to discover this magic because that was the main point of the book was just the magic that's hidden under the surface. And I think it's easier to discover that when you're traveling because you're out of your normal zone. But I do think it's possible to also discover just in your in your daily life. Right. Mm-hmm. It could be in your own backyard. That's a, That's such a great point. And maybe just taking a minute and and being open to it. I, I remember my mother telling me a story one time of her, her car breaking down and somebody just kind of showed up out of the blue that was like an angel and helped her with something. And she went in her purse to give him like five bucks and turned around and he was gone. And, and she goes, I know that was an angel. I know it was. And yeah. I'm like, okay. It probably was. You know? So I think it is possible to meet those angels in your life. And, and you're right. You don't have to travel. It could be like Dorothy says, you know, right here in my own backyard, you know, right here in Kansas or, or wherever you are. And in your book is yeah. a great reminder of that to look for that magic. So I want to thank you for that. So oh. tell us what your plans are next. And, and then we can share where people can find you and, and how they can get the book. Well, um, I'm currently uh, in the middle of recording the audiobook, So <laughs> this turned out to be a, a bigger, more time consuming uh, project than anticipated. But my deadline to finish is two weeks. So I'm looking forward to that being done. And then I feel like I'll have um, some time to breathe again. Um, one thing I'm excited about is that I'm leading two yoga retreats next year in Bali um, in June. And first one is full. The second one has two spots still available if anyone feels. Well, we can put the links in the show notes and can people find that information on your website too? Yes. um, Actually, well, the retreat, I I should put it on my website, but uh, (laughs) it's not on there yet. It's on my Instagram, which is at Sonia Moore underscore here, H-E-R-E. Um, and the, the retreat info is actually on my blog that I had while I was traveling, which is followthecoconuts.com. But, uh, I love that. Yeah. Well, people can check yeah. you out, find you on Instagram at Sonia Moore underscore here. Also your website, Sonia Moore, M-O-O-R-E.com and see yes. the pictures. I mean, the photography that you shared is really beautiful and it was so cool as I'm reading the book. To go, oh, well, there's that place. Oh, the there he is. There's the love of your oh. life. So you kind, of, you kind of go through the the photographs and, and you can really see it brings it to life, you know, brings kind of the book to life. I, I really enjoyed it. And I think you had a great story to share. So can people find the book on Amazon and, you know, the, uh, the usual bookstore places? Yes, it's on Amazon. It's also on bookshop.org. And uh, it's currently, there's a discount code I can give you for bookshop.org, which is valid through December 31st. It's 10 magic, the number 10 magic, uh, uppercase, 
I don't know if the case matters. Um, it's also on, if you're outside the US, you can go to the website as well, soniamore.com, and it'll show you all the, the links uh, to find it around the world. Although probably Perfect. not all. There's some I haven't managed to track down yet, but... <laughs> But you're all um, no over, matter where you global. are. Yeah, actually, because Better World Books will ship globally with oh, that's uh, good with to free. Know. Yeah, with free shipping. Although they build they build the, into the price of the book. But. Well, we'll put yeah. some links. I'll make sure that there's all of that in the show notes to this podcast episode here, and people get out there and follow Sonia and see what she does next because I think there's another story in you. I don't know when you'll release that, but <laughs> I'm sure there's more that you have to share. So check out the book, Some Kind of Magic, A True Story of Love, Life, and Wanderlust by Sonia Moore. And thank you so much, Sonia, for spending some time with me today. And for you listeners out there, if you like what you heard, you know, please leave a review. I would love that. If you haven't downloaded the free mindbodyspirit.fm mobile app, make sure you do that in the App Store for Apple or Android. And you can leave a message or comment for any of our podcasters on the open mic feature. So that's kind of a cool thing. You want to check that out and make sure you give a listen to all of the wonderful podcasters that we have on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. And thanks for spending some time with me. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.